Watch this. What does the truth do? Is there power in the truth? The Bible says that the truth shall make you free. Uh, they answered him and they were offended at that. They said, well, we're Abraham's seed. And we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, verily, verily, I say unto you. By the way, I need to point out this uh, dissonance here in their, in their understanding. They had, in fact, their generationally, uh, their generational history had been laced with much bondage. They had been in bondage. In fact, <laughs> they are at this very moment under Roman rule. And they, uh, they, it's amazing to me sometimes how we can be so disconnected from reality. And they just kind of shake their fist and defiantly say, We've never, how dare you say we need to be free? Why? We're Abraham's seed. And you say we need to be made free. It's an, it's, a, it's an offense to them. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, I'm not talking about the Romans. I'm not talking about Babylonians. I'm not talking about uh, any of those people that you've been under servitude to. He said, I'm talking about sin. Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. So, verse 36, if the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I want to talk to you today about being made free. Um, free indeed. Put your Bibles down for just a moment. Would you reach up to heaven? Come on, let's pray. Ask the Lord to speak to us today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing that is in this house. We ask you, Lord, to give me the words to say to those that are hearing today, Lord, that we'll receive it. Open our ears. Open our hearts. I pray, God, for conviction to grip hearts that need to be stirred and changed. And we give you the praise and the glory. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing. I come today to preach a message that has two parts. I have bad news and I have good news. And I'm not going to ask you what you want first because I've already decided. Then I'm going to give you, you ever have people, I've got good news, I've got bad news, what do you want first? But I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give you the bad news first. The bad news. I have to start with the bad news first. And the bad news is that <clears throat> only three chapters into the Bible, our earthly father, Adam, disobeyed God and sin entered the human race. That's the bad news. And, and then um, to expand on that, in the New Testament, we see Paul tell us in Romans 5, 12, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. It wasn't just, it would be bad enough if Adam had sinned and Eve had sinned, but, but that wasn't where it ended. It did not stop with them. They being our earthly father, they set the genetic code. The spiritual genetic code was cast. And here we are today dealing with the fallout of all of that. He says, uh, Sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. 
Now, when Jesus talks to the Jews about uh, being made free, they defiantly say, we've never been in bondage to any man. And the problem with the sin message today is two parts. One is we don't preach it enough. And two is that we have people defiantly shaking their offended fists in the air when it is preached and saying, why, we've never been in servitude to anything. Romans 3.23, Paul says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm telling you the bad news right now is that all have sinned. We've been born with a sin DNA. Whatever, call it whatever you will, a sin nature, a propensity for sin. But once we reach that age where we can be making our decisions, rest assured, short of being redeemed and regenerated, all You remember the shock when your little, lovely little Susie, when she got to the age where she could talk and you were so excited when Bobby could start talking and you were so excited and then that first day they told you, even you parents that are in denial till your kids are in their 40s, see. You remember the first lie was ever told to you and you realize, oh, my little Bobby lied. Where did he learn to lie? Must have been from his daddy. Must have been from his mama. It was. Just not the one you're talking about. It's come down from Adam. And he made it through the ark. and Made it on down through dispensation after dispensation. And here we are today. Nobody has to teach you how to sin. It's in your makeup. And all have, Paul says, all, I'm giving you the bad news right now. All have sinned and come short on your best day, with your best effort, live your best life. Yes, I'm even talking to those of you who say, well, I'm a good man, I'm a good woman. The Bible says that even at your best you come up short of the glory of God. Because it's not about how good you are, how nice you are, how much you do. It's about your spiritual condition. And then he says in 623, Romans, for the wages of sin. So here we have this, that, that by one man, Adam, sin entered the human race, entered, entered the world, and death comes by sin, and death passed upon all of us, and all have sinned, and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then he breaks it down further in 23 of 6 when he says, and now the wages, the benefits, the, the repercussions of sin is death. But the gift of God, is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. Now that, that does not simply mean the closing our eyes and the, 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 the stopping of our heartbeat and, and, and being buried in the ground. Not that kind of death. Uh, John tells us in Revelation 21 verse 8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers. That, that, that simply means the sexual, uh, immoral, and, and, and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the, is it okay to preach about hell still uh, in a Pentecostal church? Shall all have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is... I'm sorry, I was going to point to the screen. I'm on, I think I'm in Revelation 21.8. Which is 
the second death. I, I apologize. I, usually, I try to give you my scriptures. I didn't today. I, they came into the office to pray, uh, the singers, and I'm still typing out my message. <laughs> I mean, until the very time they were singing because the Lord kept dropping some things on me. So I apologize. We're not very synchronized today. It started with the water bottle. <clears throat> the Lord lets us know, first of all, that, we've, that, that sin comes through Adam. We've all sinned come short the wages of sin is death and death is not just a, a fade to black it's all over but this thing called the lake of fire burns with fire the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone there is a hell I'm giving you the bad news first okay this is the bad news the bad news is we are in bondage to sin that's the bad news we are bound Jesus said, anybody who, who commits sin is a servant, a slave to sin. Are you with me? That's the bad news. We are bound. And, and the sad thing is, the bad news is sin. The, the sad thing is that we have way too many preachers who do not want to deliver the bad news. They only want to tell us the good news. Now, I love the good news, and I love to preach about the good news. In fact, I have here in my pocket a key, and I love keys. I love what keys represent. I could talk to you about a key. I could probably write a good song about a key because a key represents to me freedom, access, opening, unlocking, unfastening. If you've ever worked in a prison or a prison setting, you know that whoever has the key is in power. You guard your keys. You watch your keys. If you're an officer, you better know where your keys are at all times. They will shut down an entire facility over one key. Because that key represents freedom and access. And if the wrong person gets a hold of the key, then you've got, you've got chaos. You may have an entire prison break. You could have thousands of people running free who should be locked up because of a key. Now, who knows what this key does? Anybody? Does anybody know what lock this key unlocks? You don't know. You're just guessing. A padlock? Okay, what padlock? What kind of padlock? What's it look like? Where is it? And this is the, this is, this is the problem. We got a lot of preaching about keys. But nobody wants to talk about the lock. And I'm telling you right now that not only do we have to preach about the key, got to preach about bondage the bad news is we are in bondage to sin we are bound everybody say god bless caleb because he's going to help me out and we learned when i worked in the prison you don't let people that are bound walk by themselves brother worthen i should have told you that if he fell we'd be paying for his new teeth Just stand there if you would. Look, look bound. <laughs> I 
I, I, I got up here while I got that. I, got, I need to tell everybody to smile because it's time to smile. Now, I need to tell Caleb, don't smile right now. You're bound. I love, I love the pain. He's always smiling. I love that. Can you frown? <laughs> no, you just resting face. What's your resting face? That's good. Just resting face and action. Stay there. We did not rehearse this. I told you I was writing this all the way up till church started. The bad news is we're in bondage to sin. We are bound. And, and the sad thing is too many preachers, we don't want to talk to you about this. This. There, there, there aren't very many good songs about locks and chains. Freedom. We can shout with freedom. Freedom in my hands, freedom in my feet, free, freedom. We shout about the key. We sing about the key. We preach about the key. And there are a lot of preachers. I thought about this this morning. I thought a lot of, a lot of and I'm not up here just slamming preachers. But I, but I, but I, I am coming against this spirit of, uh, that we, of appeasement that has is, that is crept into pulpits all around the world. That all we, are, all we are concerned about is making people... Shout a little bit, excited a little bit, feel good. I was, I, 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 uh, I'm not an eavesdropper by nature, but I will eavesdrop on a good conversation if one presents itself. When I'm out in public and I'm eating in a restaurant, I don't listen to everything, but if I hear somebody at the next table talk, start talking about church or religion or pastors or whatever, man, I, I just, I, I, I become undercover boss, you know. I got on the bad wig, the bad hat, and the glasses, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not a pastor. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not a preacher. I'm just an innocent bystander. But I want to hear, I'm interested in what people are saying about church, and especially right now, especially today. I'm interested, what are people saying about where they attend? And, and, and their pastors and the culture of their church. And I heard a conversation. It's been since COVID. It's been in this, in this climate. And I heard somebody say, well, we used to go. Uh, they, I heard the word church. And that's what I, I zoomed in. And I, they said, well, we used to go down here. And what, they weren't Pentecostals. But we used to go to this church. I said, but every time we go to church, all they preach about, all they ever preach about is sin. And they preach about uh, it's just it's just sad, and you you leave feeling bad. Every Sunday we just go, we leave feeling bad. So now I go. I found this other church, and they preach about life, and they preach about freedom, and they pre and it is so, it's just so refreshing, and it's so wonderful. That's all they ever preach. Now I didn't interject into the conversation, but I wanted to say if they had asked me my opinion, I would have told the lady what you need to do is just get out of both of those places. You don't need to be anywhere where all they ever talk about is bondage and chains. And, 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 and bless God if you knew anything about the Bible. Oh, bless God. You're all going to hell. See you next Sunday. No wonder people don't want to go back to church if all you ever talk about is locks and padlocks and chains. And aren't you so bound? And don't you feel so bad? Now we're going to sing a nice little song. And we're going to send you home. Uh, be sure to hit the offering pan on the way out the door. No, get out of there. But you don't need a place that all they ever talk about is this. All they ever talk about is freedom, life, joy. And here's the point, and this is what we're missing. I thought about this this morning as I was getting ready for church. I thought about, I was thinking about my message, and I thought, you know, 
you know, Brother, Brother Beavis, a lot of preachers today, if they were mail, mail carriers, all they would ever bring you is checks. If they saw a bill, they'd just toss it in, toss it in the trash. Because we don't want to deliver the bad news. If there's an eviction notice, no, nobody wants to get an eviction notice. We'll just throw that in the trash. Oh, there's another doctor bill. They don't want that. Nobody wants a doctor bill. Nobody wants electric bill. Electric, electric bills are too high anyhow. Nobody wants a gas bill. Why, the amount they're charging for gas? Throw that in the trash. Oh, here's a check. Here's a check for them. Here's a rebate they got. Well, I'll put that in the mailbox. And a lot of pastors, that's their, that's their philosophy today. Don't want to deliver the bad news. We just want to deliver the good news. And a lot of people, would you would love that mailman. Until the... Until you wake up one day and, oh, it's cold. Let's turn the light on and see what's going on. Oh, there's no lights. And then the bill collectors start knocking on your door. And all of a sudden, the mailman that you loved so much for the past six months, you realize wasn't your friend after all. All he wanted to do was preach to you about the good news, the good news, the good news, the good news, the key. Oh, thank God for the key. Get out of both of those places. You don't need to be anywhere. All they ever do is tell you about how bound you are and how chained up you are. Bless God, if you knew anything, you need to, everybody needs to, and that's all they ever do. And you don't need to be anywhere. All they ever do is just try to make you feel good, get you all hyped up and send you home. Hope you come back next week. Now, listen. Most churches that do this won't sustain themselves. I will say that. They will eventually, people will, will, will leave. And they'll do just what I overheard the people talking, what they did. They will say, you know, we found a place that makes us feel good. And you can fill up, <laughs> you can fill up former football stadiums. I'm talking code right now, in case you don't understand. I'm talking about a certain person's church in uh, Lakeview, I believe it's called, in, down in Texas. I'm not going to give you any details. He grins a lot. He uh, talks about this a lot. But you will never hear that man preach against homosexuality. You will never hear him preach much about sexual immorality. You will never hear him talk much about if you're, if you're a liar, you need to repent. He will not talk about this just this and people who in this age that want their ears scratched and tickled will find those mail carriers that all they do is bring them the good news the problem is the bill collector will come someday because it's appointed unto man wants to die after this and, and we're not telling you about the after this see? after this there's a heaven Yes, but there's also a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. And idolaters will be there and sexual immoral people will be there. And all liars are going to be there. Everybody who is not saved, not redeemed. That does not fill up football stadium. They want to talk about the key, the good news, but the key has no significance. That's why I asked you, you can't get very excited just because I show you a key. In fact, none of you in this building are going to get very excited about this particular key except one young man. You don't care much about this key. 
Rob, Rob and Tabitha might care a little bit about the key when it's time for him to do his chores at home. But he's really thinking a lot about this key because he wants to go eat lunch here a little bit. And he wants to go play basketball later today. And he wants to go hang out with his friends. Some the resting face, resting face, resting face. He can't help but smile. I love it. So you really do. He's concerned about this key. The key has no significance if there is no lock. So we cannot simply preach about the key, celebrate the key, sing about the key, shout about the key, and ignore the purpose of the key, the power of the key. See, the power, the efficacy of the key is that it sets us free. Sets me free. I don't need to be free. Yes, you do need to be set free. Well, I've never been in bond. Yes. Yes, you are in fact in bondage to sin until you've been set free. And in order to understand that we must, in order to understand that, we must know what has us bound. In order to appreciate the power of the key, we have to understand what has us bound. And that is sin. And so we as preachers of the gospel, we must preach both parts of the message. The bad news and the good news. The good news does not resonate. It has no impact if there is no bad news. I mean, if I told you today, I'm going to, look, I'm going to whip out my checkbook. And I'm going to cancel everyone in this building's debt. Mm-hmm. The only people who would shout would be those in debt. I'm not giving anybody else a dime. So those of you who have no debt would say, well, that's nice for sister so-and-so. But it wouldn't change your life. You wouldn't get excited about that. The good news does not resonate. It has no impact if there is no, if there is no bad news. The reason we don't see conviction today, and I say that by and large, we don't see it like we used to see it. The reason we don't see conviction today like we used to see it, let me say it that way, is because no one is a sinner. I catch my sarcasm, by the way. No one is a sinner. I heard one preacher say, he said, if I was God, I would just close hell down. He said, nobody's going there anymore anyway. According to the preacher, most preachers, nobody's going to hell anyway. Huh. Okay. So the bad news is Adam sinned. Sin was passed on generationally. It's in our DNA. All have sinned. All have come short of the glory of God. We've got to preach this, but we can't stop there. And then here comes Jesus. Oh, thank God. And Jesus comes and he's having a conversation with his disciples one day with, 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 uh, with his disciples. And he says to them in Matthew 16, verse 13, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea, he asked uh, his disciples, who, men, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you're this and some say you're that. And he says, but who do you say that I am? And verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said unto him, um, answered and said, Lord, thou art the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed art thou, 
for flesh and blood has not revealed it to you, but my Father that is in heaven. And I say unto you that you're, P- you're Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And, and Peter, I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Remember the prison guard I mentioned a while ago? Authority. 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 Who has the keys has authority. You can have a badge that says you're something, but if you don't have the key to back up, a jailer is a badge, a patch on your shirt doesn't mean anything if you don't have a key. He says, Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever, everybody say whatever. (laughs) Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose in earth shall be loosed in heaven. We, we, We miss the power of the scripture. I really believe this. That this was not only for Peter. Peter was the one that would initially use the keys. Thank God. But the keys have been given unto us. This power, this authority of the name of Jesus. Of the revelation of who Jesus is, that authority is given to you, Sister Linda. It's given to you, Brother Worthen. It's given, it's given to you, Brother Southern. That that you have the authority to not only loose but to bind, bind, Satan. I bind what you're doing in my family. I bind that depression you're trying to put on my wife and on my children. I bind the depression you're trying to come into my home and bring havoc and bring chaos and bring depression and bring anxiety and bring fear and by the authority of the name of Jesus. Come on. Somebody, you need to understand the authority that you have. The power of the key is not only to loose but to bind. I bind depression. I bind sickness. I bind it in the name of Jesus. And when you speak it here, God honors it there. Whatever you bind on earth, he says, I'm going to back it up in heaven. If we understood the power, the authority that we have. And the problem is, can I talk about this for a moment? I know I'm running out of time here. The problem is we, we, we mistake, we confuse the terms power and authority. It is not your power that binds anything. It is not your power that looses anything. If you've ever been, uh, I I use this example because it's the one that I think stands out best in my mind. But I remember uh, I was a young man and I was driving too fast on a back street. And I get, I pop up over the hill and I see all these cars lined up. It was up near uh, Bryan Park in Bloomington, if you all know where Bryan Park is. And I saw all these cars pulling over, and they're pulling in the park. And pretty soon I saw there was a police officer, had his car pulled over to the side. He's down the road, and he's shooting us with his radar gun. And he's just waving in, just pull on in here. Pull on, you, you pull on. they lining them up. He's not in his car. He's just standing by the road. His partner's over here writing tickets, and he's shooting them and pulling them in. I don't know if there was a shortage in the budget or what. But they made it up that day. And they made part of it up on my little 17-year-old salary that I was getting. 
I learned something about authority. The reason I said, yes, sir, and pulled in wasn't because he could catch me if I went on down the road. He couldn't, he could not run fast enough to catch me if I decided not to pull over. I didn't pull over because of his power. I didn't pull over because I thought he would shoot me. I pulled over because I learned respect for authority. And he had a badge. And that badge represented authority. He had been sworn in by the appropriate authorities that said, you represent this city. And if you say pull over, citizens must pull over. I understood authority. He understood authority that all he had to do was point and say, right here. And I said, yes, sir. Because he had authority, not the power. If he got in front of my car and tried to stop it, he would have died. So you have to understand this. You say, well, I just don't feel like I'm the most powerful Christian. I just, if I had as much authority, no, if I had as much anointing as Brother Gunderman, you misunderstand it altogether. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you, you, may, you, may, be, you may be 98 years old and barely have any voice and, and hardly able to even muster up a few words, but when you say, in the name of Jesus, you've got just as much authority as Brother Gunderman say, in the name of Jesus. Because it's not about the power. It's about the authority. It's about what you wear on your breast. That badge of authority. The name of Jesus Christ. You represent heaven. And heaven says, I back you up. I've sworn you in. If you say stop, it has to stop. If you bind it, it's bound. And if we understood that more, we would walk in more authority. We would stop talking like victims. Well, the devil's just been, the devil's just been, the devil's just been. The devil's just been doing what you're allowing him to do. And I don't mean to sound crass. I'll let you cry on my shoulder for a few minutes. But at some point, I'm going to look you in the eyes. Your pastor and say, now, what are we going to do about this? Have your little pity session for a few minutes. But now, what are you going to do about this? You can be a victim the rest of your life, or you can understand, wait just a minute. I've been given spiritual authority to be able to speak into my situations, and whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. I don't have to let that thing in my home. I don't have to let that thing in my marriage. I don't have to permit that thing in my life. Somebody shout amen. Okay, we got to get Caleb set free here, so let's move on. Keys, bind, and loose. So Peter would have to bind certain things. And in your life, there are certain things you need to bind. When you're praying for lost people, bind spirits of blindness. Bind spiritual deception. Bind spiritual bondage. Give them some, at least some reprieve to be able to think clearly. Like the prodigal son had that moment where he came to himself. And then he was able to clearly make his decision. And then you begin to loose. God, I loose your spirit. Let conviction grip their hearts. We need more conviction of sin today. Amen. So he said, I'm going to give you the keys. And whatever you shall bind on earth, I'm going to be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Isn't that powerful? And then we get to the book of Acts. Now Jesus is crucified on the cross and he raises from uh, the grave. By the way, the resurrection, the resurrection as powerful as it is, it, it doesn't mean anything any more than this key means unless we understand what the resurrection was for. 
The resurrection wasn't just so we could celebrate. Oh, we had our Savior rose from the dead. Your Savior rose from the dead so that he could defeat death, hell, the grave for you. Because just like through one man, death and sin entered the world through one man, the second Adam, Jesus. Through him comes life. And life more abundantly. Through him comes freedom. And free, he says, indeed. Amen. Free indeed. I want you to think about this term. Free indeed. Jesus is a God of exclamation. He doesn't just say, you will be free. He says, you'll be free indeed. I'm not just going to give you life. I'm going to give you life more abundantly. Here's what I think free indeed means. I think free indeed means this. When I, when I turn you all loose here in a minute and I say you're free to go, some of you are just going to get up and say, well, that was, nice. that was a nice service. And you're going to just kind of, you're going to mosey around a little bit. You're going to talk and fellowship. And, and that, it will not, when I say you're free to go, it will not mean the same to you as it's going to mean to Caleb. Because you don't know what freedom is until you realize how bound you are. I'm telling you, this is why we don't see altars filled like we used to see them. People will not recognize the bondage. And even people who, some of us who've been in the church for a while, we forgot what this felt like. I mean, when you first got set free, whoo, glory to God, they couldn't keep you down. They could come and say, hey, it's not time to shout right now. And you'd be like, what are you talking about, man? I was in chains. Like, we're like the lame beggar that got his legs leaping and running into the temple. <laughs> Nobody would have been able to tell that lame beggar, don't run, don't jump. He's like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I've been freed from? I'm free. You're just free. You've always walked. I'm free indeed. I couldn't walk and now I can. And when you first got set free, I bet you nobody, I bet you didn't sit through one service. Well, I thought the music was very nice today. <laughs> I kind of wish they hadn't sang that one song, though. Do you feel like they're messing with the uh, thermostats a little bit lately? Uh, Is it me or is the pastor preaching a lot longer these days? <laughs> I just made up that character. I'm going to use him again someday. <laughs> you didn't talk like that when you got set free. You're like, I can't wait to get to church. No, you never. Oh, what time's church start today? <sighs> He's like, oh. When's our next service? And you got to church and you said, oh man, I don't care what song they sing. Let's just worship. And somebody said, did you think it was a little cold? I don't know. I didn't notice that. Man, I started moving around. So, hey, move around a little bit. It'll warm me up. <laughs> free you are indeed free, indeed free, indeed. Because you don't know what free indeed is until you've been set free from chains of bondage. So here comes the day of Pentecost. <clears throat> Come with me, would you? Here comes the day of Pentecost. 
and music, go ahead and come if you will. And so Jesus, who's now resurrected, and he tells his disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait. And, and one of those disciples is Peter, who, by the way, had been given the keys, but they're kind of in his pocket right now. He's not quite sure. It's kind of like, you know, a while ago when I said, what does this go to? And you said, ah, and, and we're, not, we're not sure. So if I gave you this key and I said, Brother Bunch, you might need this key. <laughs> he just kind of, and you say, okay, put it in your pocket, put it on your key ring. Any of you got keys on your key ring? You don't even know what they go to anymore. But then you get to a lock, and you start, what do you do? You get the key ring out. Well, not this one. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. I forgot that's what that, that's what that goes to. And Peter's there. He's got the keys, but he don't know what they're for yet. And here he is on the day of Pentecost, and Jesus says, go to the upper room. Tarry till you get power from on high. And they begin to pray. And on the day of Pentecost was fully calm. They were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Even Peter began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And he's kind of feeling around. And that key's bouncing around in his pocket now as he's speaking in tongues. And then here these people are from all these different areas. And they hear these people speaking in tongues. And somebody says, what meaneth this? What's going on? And somebody said, well, I think they're drunk. And I think they're just, they're just, they're just, who knows what's going on down there. And then all of a sudden, Peter says, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. Let me preach to you for an hour about the key. No, he didn't start with the key. You know what Peter did? Peter preached about sinners. He said, I want to tell you about Jesus, but I want to tell you what you've done to Jesus. I want to tell you that you have crucified the Lord. I want you to know that you have sinned. I want you to know, in verse 24, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. David speaks concerning him. I foresaw the Lord before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. And he begins to tell them about, thou hast made known to me the ways of life, in verse 28, and then 29, men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that's both dead and buried and his sepulcher is with us unto this day and go down to verse 32 this Jesus hath God raised up whereof we are all witnesses therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost shed forth this which you now see and hear for David's not ascended into heaven but he saith unto himself the Lord said unto my Lord sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that that same Jesus, whom you have crucified. Bad news is, you're bound. Made him both Lord and Christ. Now, this is what we need today. We need saints that will shout about the key and thank God about the key and thank God they've been set free, but we need sinners that will be pricked in their hearts. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men, brethren, what shall we do? 
out the lock and tell me I'm bound. Not tell me what to do. You poor sinner, you're so bound. If you only knew, if you only knew, if you only knew. Finally, what we need, we need to pray. Really, I, this, I believe this. We need to pray as a church that uh, for a, 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 a revival of conviction. And, and maybe not just for sinners, maybe for the church. got away from altars what shall we do Peter said well first of all you got to confess you got to know you're a sinner you got to repent because until you recognize that you need this it won't work so repent. Lord, I'm sorry of my sins. I recognize I am a sinner and there's no hope for me except for you. Forgive me. Forgive me. I recognize what this sin does to my life. I'm bound. I'm bound. I'm bound. I don't want to be bound anymore. I don't want to be a servant to sin anymore. And be baptized. He's telling him the keys. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. There's only hope in the name of Jesus. No other key, no, no other name. I could ask any of you in this room, give me a key. Anybody have a key on you? A key? Got a key? Here. Okay. I got one. Which key works to this lock, brother? <laughs> Let's try uh, the Father, Son, yeah. Son, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, and when that name is applied,
repent of your sins and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are set free, free indeed. I'm telling you, maybe you're watching online right now and you've been dealing with sin in your life and you feel like you can't get set free. It's because you've been trying your own methods and the wrong keys. But when you try Jesus, come on, when you try Jesus, I want you to know you can be baptized in this water this morning and have your sins remitted. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you can receive the Holy Ghost this morning and you can be free indeed. Would you stand all over this building if you're able to stand? I want to invite you today to come to this altar. Some of us just need to spend some time with the Lord. Come and repent. Come and talk to the Lord. Come on, come and get, you know what? Some of us just need to have a little Jesus time. Maybe we've been bound by something. Maybe we've been toiling with something. But I'm here to tell you, you can have freedom today. Talk it over with Jesus.
Jesus, aren't you thankful for the gospel message of salvation? Aren't you thankful that it's not just bad news? 
you lived in the Old Testament, all you'd ever get is bad news. You bring a sacrifice, but hey, it's there next year. And the next year, Jesus said, oh, when, when the Son sets you free, free indeed. No more bondage, no more chains. Amen. So listen, go out of here smiling. Go out of here with your shoulders squared back. I don't know how many of you go into a restaurant or whatever. Go be a light. Amen. That person that when you go in the place, that person that's sitting there, let, let me help you here. You know that little that little lady or that man that's sitting there? This new position we've created in the last year. They're sitting on their little stool and they got the little table and they got masks and the hand sanitizer. And they're gonna say, they're gonna get their paper. We don't have it memorized yet. And they're gonna say, first of all, I need you to put this on. And then they're gonna say, uh, in the last week, have you had any cough? Have you had have you been exposed? Have you been have you been quarantined? Have you been have you been, blah, 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 and you're like, no, 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 no. And I was with somebody the other day, and before they got to the second question, they're like, no, no. Well, they're doing their job. They don't live in the White House. They're not the mayor. So be nice to these people. Amen. I know you don't want to do it, but be nice to them anyway. They're not your enemy. So when you get that frown on your face and act all indignant, you know, that's not a light. Amen. <laughs> be nice. Smile. Last thing they should see before you put that mask on is a smile. Amen. Even after you put it on, they ought to see your eyes squinting a little bit. Because you're smiling, not grimacing, smiling. Be a light. Be a light to that server at the restaurant. Be a light to that person that's telling you to put a mask on. Be a light to the person at the grocery store. Be a light to that person in traffic. Come on, somebody. They're the only Jesus. You're the only Jesus they're going to see today. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Hey, come back 2 o'clock. We're going to have a great service this afternoon. Amen. God bless you. Have a great lunch.